As you are able, I invite you to stand for the Gospel reading from the Gospel of John, very famous and often used 14th chapter. These are words um, about a conversation about the power and presence of God in Jesus and in us. Beginning at verse 8, hear these words. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves." Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me of anything, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. The Word of God for you and I, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's Pentecost. It's a birthday. It's become our tradition. Many churches will um, have cakes and and a party, uh, much as we would on any other traditional birthday. It's the coming of the Holy Spirit among the disciples. But as we will discover and remember, this is not the first appearance of the Holy Spirit, but it has become our tradition as a case can be made that for that, certainly. Um, but, but we could also say that the church was born in a manger in Bethlehem or dripping wet in the Jordan River when a voice declared, this is my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Or perhaps it was born in the crowds on a Galilee hillside, listening to teaching that seemed ancient but new, and powerful. Maybe it was born when eyes were opened, or legs straightened, or bleeding was stopped, even when death gave way to divine authority. The church was born maybe in a dark garden of betrayal and denial, or on a lonely cross, or from an empty tomb early one Sunday morning, when the sun rose like never before. 
The Holy Spirit has been around from the beginning. God has been at work all along. So is Pentecost the birthday of the church? Maybe that's when the church comes out of the upper room as the disciples did, learns to walk on its own out in the world. Maybe it's when empowered by fire and wind, the church speaks truth to power in the world and acts with love and peace with the authority of the Holy Spirit, using words and doing works from the one who gave it life itself. On Pentecost, we celebrate the coming of the Spirit and giving the church wind to her back and fire in her bones and the power to proclaim life, to live the good news and do the good works of Jesus, of Christ outwardly and invitationally and passionately. Something happened to the disciples that day. They were transformed. They were giving something new, something they did not have before. The work of the Holy Spirit all along. Power from above. Power to outlive and outlove the world. Receiving something extra, something new that they didn't have before, that we didn't have before. Oh, do we need the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. I've been looking forward to preaching this Sunday, but my heart aches for families whose children will never come home again, for a world that is so broken. The morning news is always bad. Every day, the headlines. I, I, I'm so tired of hearing every network and every news source say breaking news because we hear it every broadcast. War, violence, attacks on human rights, political, partisan posturing, corruption, a world without a common sense of love and decency, a church broken within. Angry noise, angry noise all around, public and private. So many lives ruled by anger and fear. So much violence against one another. Self-serving misinformation. I could go on, I won't. You do not need to be told all of those things. The answers seem so obvious, but we seem, as the song says, stuck in low gear again. Romans 8, 14, hear this good news. For all who are led by the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Pentecost Spirit, are children of God. You and I. Jesus promised it, that God's Spirit would be among us, a God who speaks, a God who transforms. Can we hear that voice above all the angry noise in the world?
wind and fire, noise and silence. The God who grandstanded as a pillar of fire at night and a cloud of smoke by day to the Israelites also hid out in a still small voice that spoke to praying prophets. Jesus spoke to the multitudes, preaching to huge crowds, praying thankfully for food he did not yet have. But Jesus also wandered into the wilderness. He also climbed up mountaintops, took sea voyages just to get away from the noise and the needs of the crowds pressing in on on him. Like Jesus, we all need at times to be apart. This is one of those times to come together as the body of Christ, to remember who we are and whose we are, to receive again that that newness of the Holy Spirit that sends us out in the world as capable and passionate disciples. We need to be a part of each other and, and the body in order that we not come apart out in this broken world, for we are needed there. The Spirit of God was on Jesus and in and on us. And we are invited out of our upper rooms to be the church. Because in a life of faith and ministry and service, there are both days of commotion and times that are quiet. In a life of faith, God appears to us both in the rushing wind that stirs things up and even creates turmoil but also in that still, small voice we need to hear inside, in song and in silence, in coming together and going apart, in private meditation and public prayer, we need to hear the voice of God's Spirit always with us. And listen, not just with our heads, but with our hearts for this broken world. This morning's story of Pentecost is the story of some stunned, bewildered disciples who were trying to regroup, we think, uh, and waited in Jerusalem for whatever it was that Jesus had promised them. They weren't sure what it was, but Jesus had said, wait in Jerusalem. Bewildered and stunned. Maybe we feel the same thing, waiting for that presence. Who knows what the disciples thought would, would come through this promised spirit, who, what this spirit would bring. But what they got was wind and fire. What the church gets is wind and fire. In 1 Kings, the sixth chapter, there's a very interesting architectural instruction that guided the building of Solomon's temple. In our broken world, we need to hear both about the sound and the silence. In the first temple constructed for the Lord, there is a very odd directive. It is verse 7. Verse 7 states that it was built of undressed stone from the quarry. No hammers or axe or iron tool was heard in the house during the building. The significance of those instructions 
was that the temple was built in silence. The noisy work was done out in the world, out in the quarry. But the stones of the temple were bathed in quiet. The temple was a place of holy rush. While the first temple had a mandate to be constructed in silence once inside, God's second temple, the living organism that is the church, the body of Christ, is built upon a foundation of wind and fire, of sound, noise, energy, purpose, power. Jesus would often say, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. He wasn't talking about just receiving the sound. He was talking about understanding the depth of God's love and power. Those who have ears to hear. We know over and over that the disciples struggled to hear the deepest meanings of Jesus' life and teaching. Philip had walked with Jesus heard his teachings, had witnessed uh, lives transformed and changed throughout these years together. He had been as close to God incarnate, incarnate as anyone could hope to be. But he still doesn't see it. He wants Jesus to give another sign. Show us the Father. Jesus is trying to prepare the disciples for his own departure. And Philip still wants to know what the plan is, what the big picture is. Show us the Father, he says, and then we'll understand. You won't have to say anything else, do anything else. Just show us the Father. Jesus, I, I, we sometimes, preachers, read things into the text. I imagine Jesus shook his head or rolled his eyes. Said, oh, here we go again. And he asked, how can you ask that? How can you ask? Everything I have done points to the Father. And so now, Philip, here's, here's the verse. Simply believe because, because of the works I have done in my Father's name. The good works of faith. What I've been doing out in, in the quarry for years now. And so you really can understand later, the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, will come and remind you of this. Jesus understands that that the teaching is not over. They will need the Holy Spirit. We need and welcome the Holy Spirit. The new, noisy temple work that we are called to do out in the world. And what is that calling? Early this morning I came and stood in this sanctuary, Cam was playing something very soft and, and meditative for me. Thank you, Cam. But I reflected back on the 75 years I have been a part of this church from one time to another. Born into this church family, baptized here, confirmed here, taught here. I wasn't old enough or wise enough, maybe still not, to, to understand the depth of God's Spirit in all of those years. But God's Spirit was there. God's Spirit is still here. Years I served as pastor, the years I served as one-third of a pastor, 
but truly, those who have ears to hear, Jesus says. Jesus said, look to me to see what, to what the Father looks like, what the church is to be. Representative John Lewis, congressman and civil rights activist, served in the United States House of Representatives from Georgia's 5th District from 1987 until his death in 2020. 33 years he served. Following his death, commentators often cited his urging to get into, you remember? To get into good trouble. Good trouble. Good trouble put John Lewis in harm's way as he worked tirelessly throughout his life to end segregation and to push for racial justice. Good trouble. And it guided him in making difficult decisions during all those years of political life. Taught him how to live. The work of the Spirit invited him to get into good trouble. As his life showed, the advancement of God's love and justice sometimes requires us to get into good trouble. As children of God, the Scripture says, we are led by the Spirit. And if anything, the Holy Spirit is an instigator of good trouble. The first thing the disciples did was get out of the upper room and take it to the street. And even then they got criticized. The Holy Spirit, instigator of good trouble, calling us to remember what we have witnessed in Jesus. His works, he said. How to live, how to follow the coming of the Holy Spirit. Wind and fire challenge this church, challenges us, the church, to get into good trouble. But we begin right here as we gather and worship. Paul um, counseled the Colossian church about how to do that, and, I, and I, I, this is just an aside. But what Paul was telling the church is that you start within. As you walk and, 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 and live the life of faith and, and be moved by God's love, the church is to grow, now, not necessarily in numbers, but to grow in spirit and unity. The church is to bear fruit, to do good works, to be strengthened, to care for one another, and to have thanksgiving, give thanksgiving, praise, and worship. All of those things are things that calls, are we're called to do, to be the church, and those things equip us then to take it outside. We are to walk together, not in isolation, and do it in ways that... that that transform and strengthen us from within and send us out into this noisy, sometimes angry community to serve. You know, our, our United Methodist statement is the mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. For the longest time, I have felt like we have gotten that backwards. 
Jesus spoke of justice and peace and love transforming activity out in the world. I think our calling really ought to be to get out into the world and begin to transform that in the image of Jesus Christ. And if we do that first, if we are disciples who are out in the world living the works of Jesus, then disciples will come. Maybe we've gotten it backwards. Jesus says, look to me to see what the church is to be and do. Led by my spirit, you are children of God. What a statement, what a gift, what a, what a connection. It's who we are. The Holy Spirit, in every instance throughout the history of Scripture and the church, has been an instrument of change, of making a difference. From just taking on project in the world, from just being in the world, we are transformed by the Holy Spirit to being Christ for the world. What would that look like? I, I want to close with this, because I've, I've struggled with the distinction of, of getting out in the world and just trying to do good. Sometimes that just puts us in the company of all the turmoil and the confusion and the frustration and the defeatism. Back in 1983, former president of Eastern Mennonite Seminary, Myron Alsberger, wrote these words, and, and I think it could be a mission statement, a distinctive statement for this and every church. Here's what he said. He said, I believe in justice but I'm not a preacher of the gospel of justice, but the preacher of the gospel of Christ who calls us to do justice. I believe in love, but I'm not a preacher of the gospel of love, but the gospel of Christ who calls us to love. I'm committed to peace, but I'm not a preacher of the gospel of peace, but the gospel of Christ who calls us to peace. He said, I believe in the value of the simple life, but I'm not a preacher of the simple life, simple life, but the gospel of Christ who calls us to the simple life. Church, in this day, in this time of movement in the church and the movement of the Holy Spirit, in this day, in this place, in this world, let us renew our call to reach all people to know the Christ of justice, the Christ of peace, the Christ of love. Listen attentively for the work of the Holy Spirit and never forget, never forget who you are. By God's Spirit, you are children of God. It's Pentecost, joy, wind, and fire, Church, in this and every season, let us hear the Holy Spirit. Let's keep getting into good trouble. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.